Salutations! Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Rambling at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. I'm Woodrow, and my dad's gonna ask me and my brother Blazing Phoenix some questions today. Thank you, Woodrow. Actually, I have more or less just one question that I wanted to uh, talk about with the two of you. Today we're going to be talking about self-care and self-care assessments. I'll get to what that is soon enough. But before we can have the conversation, I guess we've got to have a, a quick thought or two that maybe we can uh, share an exchange about this thing called mental health. So Woodrow and Blazing Phoenix, I, I tried to break down the discussion about mental health into uh, three thoughts, three things to consider. Number one, I've been sharing that you know when we're talking about this thing called mental health, it's about our, our ability to identify our feelings and manage our feelings, something we call emotional intelligence. Additionally, it has something to do with this thing called self-esteem. It's about how we feel good, how we feel about ourselves, being able to feel good about ourselves because of the way we move through the world, because of the choices we make. And lastly, it's about being able to do the things that we need to do in this world, being able to feel that we have the abilities to do the things that we have to face each and every day. So my question to you is, in terms of um, good mental health and this idea of uh, self-care and self-care assessments, what are some things that you need to do each week so that you think that you can continue to have good mental health? And it's a question that I think we really need to ask during the COVID-19 pandemic. I have both of my boys here that are very eager to be first uh, in terms of answering the question. They put me on the spot. They're both like asking for the mic with their hands and different gestures. So before we start things off, paper, scissor, rock here. One, two, three. Okay. Blazing Phoenix is pretty excited. So uh, Blazing Phoenix, what are some things that you think you need to do each week uh, for your good mental health? I think that stuff you need to do to have good mental health is that you need to go outside do exercising take breaks and be in the moment okay and and i think that there's a lot of things that over the, the last number of podcasts over the number of years we've we've talked about things like that uh on the on the podcast in different episodes and so that really resonates with me how about yourself, Woodrow? What are some things that uh, that you think you need to do so that you have good mental health? For me, what I have to do every week is I have to, like, it, it's crucial for me to go outside. It's also very important for me to play the piano and practice. And I enjoy playing Lego, too. Thank you, Woodrow and Blazing Phoenix, for those thoughtful considerations about this very important topic of mental health. They connect to this idea that I'd like to share in terms of intentionally engaging in a practice, the benefits of intentionally engaging in a practice of conducting a self-care, self-assessment at least once a week. It parallels the assessments that we're required to take before going to work. So every day I wake up, I go to the government of Ontario, and when I go to the government of Ontario... I can go to a web page where I can complete a COVID-19 self-assessment. This uh, The focus is on physical health. Are you currently experiencing any of these symptoms? Fever, chills, cough that's new or worsening, barking, cough, making a whistling noise while when breathing, shortness of breath, etc. So every day before I go to work to make sure that I'm physically well 
and I'm not going to get other people sick. I have to take this COVID-19 self-assessment online. There are people, though, that are concerned that while it's necessary and important and essential to focus on physical health so that we can get on top of and flatten the COVID-19 infections curve, that we might be overlooking the importance of mental health. And they, they go hand in hand. I read an article by Natalie Romero, and it's in the show notes, and it ends with this thought. So I think this is a good starting point. Right now, the world is entirely focused on people's physical health, and for good reason. But I urge everyone to take mental health just as seriously as you do your physical health. Use preventative measures and learn to spot the signs when you are struggling. Reach out to family, friends, or medical professionals. I like to pick up on that thought of not losing sight of the importance of focusing on mental health. So when we're talking about mental health, I offered a, a number of ideas uh, to Blazing Phoenix and Woodrow about mental health so that uh, we can have a discussion. I can include the, uh, the youngins in the discussion about mental health because I think it's important that they are involved in this because their mental health is being compromised just as well. But maybe we should uh, grab a definition, a more formal definition. So what is mental health? Mental health includes our emotional, psychological, and social well-being. It affects how we think, feel, and act. It also helps determine how we handle stress, relate to others, and make choices. Mental health is important at every stage of life, from childhood and adolescence through adulthood. Hence, this is why I introduce this discussion with the thoughts and uh, considerations from Blazing Phoenix and Woodrow. I'm not sure if parents are regularly kind of having these kind of discussions, and I'm not sure if while we do focus necessarily on physical health, if we're also making sure at least weekly that we get back to an intentional practice of asking ourselves if we're doing the things that we need to do to stay mentally healthy as well. To continue the thought, over the course of your life, if you experience mental health problems, your thinking, mood, and behavior could be affected. So I was listening to a podcast, once again, also in the show notes, from Scott Barry Kaufman, the psychology podcast, and he had a guest on. And his guest suggested that right now we are all struggling with three, four actually, difficult emotions feelings kind of experiences the uh the podcast i'm referring to is uh the, i believe it's the latest podcast that's come out on uh, scott Barry kaufman's podcast psychology podcast the guest special guest is sharon salzberg and uh, she's identified that we are collectively struggling with anxiety despair or grief anger and exhaustion well, I think a lot of the exhaustion has to do with uh, decision fatigue, which is always having to decide, like, am, am I okay to go to work? I mean, or is this thing that I'm feeling because I, like, I know I have a problem with dairy and I ate some dairy and so I can connect it to that. So I'm okay to go to work. There, there's all these difficult decisions, you know, um, Christmas is coming. Should I make an effort to go to uh, the mall and, and uh, get some gifts to try to make sure we don't lose out on the Christmas spirit, the holiday spirit, or should I stay at home because I, I don't want to get sick and I don't want to especially be sick over the Christmas break. So we're, we're, we're struggling with these different things. 
And the invitation from Natalie is, you know, there's this urge to try to be somewhat preventative. I like to use uh, the word proactive, to take a proactive approach to our mental health. Oh, looks like I have a Amazon package that has arrived. I'll get that soon enough. Sounds of life in the background. And so, I mean, in, in terms of the many decisions, right, <laughs> that's actually linked and connected to some of the decisions we have to make if we're not going to the mall, but we still want to creatively figure out how to pull Christmas off for those who do celebrate uh, Christmas. Then all of a sudden people are now shopping online and having parcels delivered directly to their homes. And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's a difficult period. And so an attempt to be proactive, my thought is that perhaps we should be creating a very personalized self-care, self-assessment that we review at least once a week. You know? and, and, and that day that people decide that they, they choose to be the review day, that could be whatever day uh, seems to fit for a person. For me, my thought is like uh, a Friday at the end of the work week when um, I'm able to kind of let go of everything that's keeping me going throughout the week and, and ultimately realizing how exhausted I am, that maybe that's a good point to do my self-care self-assessment. So in terms of this self-care self-assessment, my thought is a person could go on uh, their Google account and make a Google form and on that Google form, create 10 possible questions that you might ask yourself so that you can decide whether or not you're seeing red flags or green flags in terms of engaging in the practice of self-care. We know what to do often in terms of our self-care, but we often put things on the back burner. They get shoved to the side because other things seem to kind of push their way in to our present moment. And we lose sight of taking care of ourselves, which should be a priority. We know it's it should be a priority, but at times we actually don't make it a priority. So the idea would be that perhaps there are different mediums in which we could engage in creating the self-care self-assessment. I was just proposing the idea of Google Forms. For those who are a little more comfortable with the uh, tried and true uh, pen to paper checklist, you can make a checklist that you post somewhere. It's within daily view so that you can kind of remember uh, that, you know, this is something you want to keep on your radar. And then once a week, you go over your list of 10 items and you ask yourself, am I on track for the maintenance of my mental health? Am I doing the things that I need to do so that I can feel good about myself, that I can function and that I'm able to thrive in terms of the things that help me stay mentally well? I have a, a number of different ideas that I, I'd like to just share. But before I, I share those ideas, I also want to include this idea of uh, not only a self-care self-assessment. So when, when you think about the, the, the words that I'm using, it kind of identifies that it's, it's happening just primarily with an individual and that individual's relationship with oneself. So, you know, I'm making a self-care self-assessment for me, and I'm posting it somewhere that it's visibly available uh, for me. But I, I think we need to expand and, and be careful that it, it's not about something that we should be simply doing by ourselves. It's something that I think we should include uh, and uh, other people, we should get other people involved in this. And so I like to talk about this idea of self-care scaffolding. Now the self-care scaffolding is not just a way about creating accountability, right? So for instance, if I say 
I'm not going to eat any more chocolate. And I tell everyone when they see me eat chocolate, um, they can say, well, look, uh, you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. I'm here to keep you accountable. I think that's important in terms of our self-care, self-assessment checklists. I think the really important idea about self-care scaffolding would be having a discussion with other people and saying, you know, this isn't luxury. This isn't just indulgence. Uh, this is e essential. This is important. Like for me to be mentally and physically well, I need to do certain things each week. And if I get so busy that I lose track of it, you know, um, yeah, it would be helpful if you help keep me accountable and remind me about the things I need to do. But also that even when you, you don't need the reminders and you do do what you need to do, that other people can become aware of the importance of doing it so we can avoid those um, ideas that it is just a kind of a luxurious, uh, self-indulgent thing to do that could create these feelings of resentment, you know, in terms of all the different things that need to be done because we're all so overwhelmed and we're all so exhausted. So that another person could say, you know what, um, right now I'd really like this to be happening because the house might be in disarray, but I understand um, my my significant other, my child, my my friend, uh, my, my uh, a parent is doing uh, this certain thing uh, because it's important for their mental and physical health. So I think it's really important. And so at the beginning of this discussion, Blazing Phoenix identified he needs to get outside. And so, you know, if he's had a difficult week, if it's been a week where we've just been scrambling, trying to keep up and he's outside and some homework needs to be done, you know, it's a moment for me to take pause and say, you know, this is Blazing Phoenix trying to take care of himself so he can be mentally well. This isn't just an attempt to get out of homework. All right. Likewise with Woodrow, when he is playing the piano and it doesn't seem to be the most opportune time, but life once again is busy and he hasn't had a chance otherwise to play the piano. Um, perhaps I might have to put something on hold because it's important for his mental health, right? So this idea of self-care scaffolding, I think we do need to invite other people into it for the buy-in aspect, but also so that there's an understanding that this is essential and um, we, we have to creatively, collectively figure out how to allow people to have the time they need to do the things that they need to do. So what are the things that a person could put on one's self-care, self-assessment? I mean, it, the, the list is endless. It's a, a matter of uh, being creative. Um, I, I talked with some different uh, friends. Uh, one person suggested, I found this one really interesting, so I thought I would share it, was uh, that uh, in terms of her self-care, self-assessment, one of the things she'd have on it as like a weekly review would be, are you taking longer than five minutes to get out of bed? in the morning. And if that's the case, that's a red flag. Because that means that a whole bunch of things are then kind of shifted and pushed off to the side, so much so that there might not be enough time to do those things, especially if they're things that are important. For instance, you might not be able to go for that, that morning run. That is the thing that helps keep you juiced up for the day, gas in the gas tank. For me, uh, there are a number of different things uh, I think I would put on my self-care, self-assessment checklist. The uh, first four that I'm going to offer, I got from the book 
Live Happy by Deborah H. Hines. And I, I'm not, I forget what chapter it's from. I think it's on the chapter about attitude. And in terms of this checklist that I would like to compose, I, I would definitely be borrowing four ideas. Uh, the first is feed my mind. You know, every week I feel like at some point I should be doing something that amounts to feeding my mind. It's usually listening to a podcast or reading a book. The idea of reading this book, Live Happy, or uh, the book that I have in the, the other book I have in the show notes, Transcendence, that would be feeding my mind. I think it's important that we find things, well, I, for me, it's important to find things to feed my mind because lately I've been noticing for the last number of months, often the conversation always gravitates to and sometimes gets stuck in conversations about COVID-19. And it seems like there's nothing else on the table of uh, discussion for anyone to kind of mull over, you know, think about and talk about. And and at sometimes it's just, it's too much. It's It's limiting. It's very limiting in terms of recognizing the other things that are going on in our lives. And often a lot of the other things that we're losing sight of are some of the very important things that allow us to be grateful. Uh, the other thought uh, I would be including on my self-care, self-assessment would be mind your thoughts. You know, in terms of all this discussion about COVID, a lot of it's because we're not minding our thoughts and we are watching way too much news. We're getting inundated with the, these very heavy, overwhelming realities about daily figures and, 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 and death rates. And uh, it leads to us having a whole bunch of automatic negative thoughts about the way the world is and the way the world is going to unfold. And I think that if we're able to mind our thoughts, uh, we might be able to stand up to these ants and we might be able to create a space, a clearing where we can discover and start to experience some optimism about the possibilities, the potential when we come together collectively. So for me, in terms of minding my thoughts, gratitude is one of the most important things. And and for me, at the end of the week, if I haven't practiced gratitude, then I'm it's definitely a red flag in terms of my mental health. Perhaps before we continue with an exploration of some of the things that I, I would be putting on my self-care, self-assessment checklist, some things I'm hoping that might be interesting and inspiring to anyone who's listening, maybe I can take a moment and just thank you for joining me at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. My goal is to share resources, mostly free, hopefully, that uh, others can experiment with, check out, and perhaps put in their spiritual toolboxes, their mindfulness toolboxes, but I'm, I'm definitely interested and eager to hear from others uh, about some of the tools they might be using that I'm not aware of. And so please uh, email me at hopefulhumanistcafe at gmail.com to share your thoughts and your ideas about things that are working for you. And I'd love to be able to share those thoughts with my listening audience. This could be a nice moment before we get the cranium back in gear to just sit back and to do that thing that Blazing Phoenix has suggested and just take a break. So perhaps a, a nice little musical interlude. Uh, I hand it over to you, Woodrow. 
Jolly Christmas, music by Johnny Marks, and that was self-care, Woodrow style. Seasons, greetings, and happy holidays to one and all. Boomph, we're back. Thank you, Woodrow, for that soothing musical moment to uh, further add to the calm of this moment. I got myself during that little break some organic nighttime detox. This tea, I'm usually drinking my dandelion tea, but this tea is from Tilira uh, that identifies that it has the galaxy of teas available for those that are interested. has organic hibiscus, organic peppermint, organic licorice, organic lavender, organic chamomile, and organic valerian root. It's very soothing. Perhaps you're going to grab beverage as we continue this at-a-distance conversation. So yeah, so far I've shared two action items on my self-care self-assessment, but there are two quotes that I want to add to the discussion to just continue to orient what it is that we're talking about and the importance of it. The first one is from Audre Lorde, who is a feminist and uh, someone who focused on revolutionary change in terms of oppressive situations that we need to escape from. And her thought about self-care is as follows. Self-care is not about self-indulgence. It is about self-preservation. I really was drawn to the uh, embeddedness of this quote in her greater work because it identifies and points to this notion that self-care, in a sense, is a form of activism for change. And that excites me and interests me for probably different reasons than Audre Lorde, but perhaps at some thinking point we, we might conclude that maybe they go in a similar direction. But for me, the idea is that uh, by taking care of ourselves, we're able to stand up to those greedy institutions of life, the, the ones that demand the entirety of who we are, you know, the institution of work, the institution of home ownership, you know, our houses are always demanding our attention. There's always a new project that has to take place, restoration, upgrading. There is uh, academia that demands the totality of us. There's parenthood. There's so many different institutions that all at once, uh, we have our foot in uh, different domains, and they're all saying, we want all of you. And there's a real danger that if we're not careful, we're going to exhaust ourselves and deplete ourselves, and we won't be able to be the best version of ourselves possible. So working alongside with that quote, I have this one from a book that I've read numerous times throughout my life, and it's it speaks to me differently now than it did in my youth when I first read it, but it's called Siddhartha by Herman Hess, and it's on page 78. Like a veil, like a thin mist, a weariness settled on Siddhartha, slowly, every day a little thicker, every month a little darker, every year a little heavier. The reason that this... Uh, quote that this thought grabbed my attention is that often we know what we need to do in terms of self-care, but we never get around to it because of the greedy institutions pulling us in different directions. 
So we know what we need to do, we just don't do it. And by virtue of not doing it, sometimes we kind of, in a sense, lose sight of it, right? So the idea of, you know, don't forget what you know, it's really important. I also like to throw in the idea of like, while we take care of ourselves and, you know, engage in self-care, the idea of somatic palliation, having a nice hot bath, um, the hot bath doesn't change the realities around us that are demanding that we do different things. And so uh, the uh, little quote that I came up with, somatic palliation's best friend is action plan. She gets things done. And this fits in with the idea of Lord's uh, self-care as a form of activism. So I just think it's really important, um, especially for myself and those in my immediate world and you know, geographically situated close to uh, the Waterloo region where I inhabit, uh, because in, in, in southern Ontario, um, we are going into a 28-day lockdown, and we're 13 hours into it. It just uh, started at uh, 12 a.m. on uh, the beginning of Boxing Day. So self-care is something I think is really important right now as we go into this really difficult period during the winter. And that we, we know what we need to do, but we might lose sight of uh, revisiting the uh, action items that we need to make sure that we uh, practice on a daily basis. Because perhaps, you know, uh, the days are wearing on us. The days become heavy and we might find ourselves drifting into a low-grade depression, uh, overwhelmed with anxiety. So the self-care, self-assessment and the interbeing scaffolding that I'm talking about are really important, especially right now. So just to continue with my uh, list of action items. So the third one is watch my words. This is an idea I also got from Live Happy. This relates to the Eightfold Path of Enlightenment, uh, one of the steps on that path, which be which would be right speech, you know, watching our words, making an effort to speak kindly and compassionately, um, and on a macro level to make an effort to stand up to a divisive, divisive culture of contempt that we seem to see uh, in the, the news headlines. It's constantly dominating the news. And, you know, in terms of this, this culture of contempt, it, there's a oversimplification of different problems that were it gets caught up in these uh, false dichotomies of anti and pro and them and us, and it destroys any opportunity for nuanced, comp uh, nuanced conversations, right? So our words are powerful. They can build up or tear down, and this can happen on a macro level or, you know, on a micro level as well. So on a more micro level, we want to be avoid of making, you know, avoid making use statements. We want to be more mindful about making those uh, I feel I need statements as unnatural as they might be. I think it's really important for us to be mindful of, of the way we speak to other people, the way we speak to ourselves. In terms of my podcast, watching my words looks like making sure I don't overpromise a resource might be more helpful than it could be. I constantly try to remind myself and my listener that I do not have a monopoly on the truth. So, you know, this is about watching my words, and I think it's really important and something that I should be reminding myself uh, to to be aware of on a, on a weekly basis. Number four action item would be keep good company. Uh, you know, attempt to look for 
what Maslow would call in his one book called The Further Reaches of Human Nature, growing tip specimens um, of happiness, people who embody wellness, right? Now, the COVID-19 reality is created within all of us because of our isolation, a craving for connection, right? So we really need to surround ourselves with inspiring, creative, optimistically grounded, loving souls, now, especially during this uh, the next 28 days of this lockdown, it's going to be especially important for me to figure out how I can stay connected because we're isolating and we're uh, shut in, locked in, how I can uh, connect with souls that I find inspiring. And so this might be through phone calls, it might be through virtual meetings, it could be through uh, daily texts where you just text a thought, inspiring thought, you know, share gratitude. Uh, and so that brings me into um, action item number five. You know, have I been practicing on a daily basis gratitude accomplishment goal? So gratitude accomplishment goal is the idea that every day, um, you know, either with myself but also with others, because I feel like there's an added level of enhancement. Uh, have I reviewed the things that I'm grateful for? And when you're when you're kind of identifying the things you're grateful for, you really need to get specific, like. You know, to kind of get the, the details of, you know, all of your senses engaged in terms of identifying the things that you're grateful for. Because if we're having difficulty time, difficult times, this allows us to kind of boost the positivity ratio. So, you know, if we're waking up and we're feeling isolated, you know, that negative experience, we're going to require at least three positives to kind of balance it out, right? So with our gratitude um, review, daily reviews, we need to get really specific. Uh, also, uh, you know, I'll often call uh, family and friends and uh, then the next thing we would talk about or, you know, what have we accomplished, right? You know, like, oh, I got out of bed. I did something physical today. You know, I texted someone and wished them well or any kind of um, acts of kindness. You know, uh, the idea accomplishment could be creating your self-care, self-assessment. And uh, the last one is goal. What kind of goals do you have? Once again, at this point, if you don't have a self-care, self-assessment in place, your goal could be to create a self-care, self-assessment. So this is a, an important practice that I find every day is really important to me, especially when I had my uh, concussion um, over a year ago. And it was those were some really dark times. I really needed to do this um, not only you know, daily, but many times in a day, I had to really up the frequency of my gratitude accomplishment goal um, reflections. Number six, have I played a game over the last week? So for me, playing a game with uh, my partner, with my wife, with my children, with my boys uh, would include playing code names or taboo or ping pong, the Monopoly card game, Carcassonne. Yeah, there's just so many wonderful games that we can sit down together as a family uh, and, and be together. And this, for me, feeds the need for fun. It creates opportunities to laugh. This is just really important, essential ways to create connection. Number seven, the uh, action item, is have I done anything physical? Have I exercised? And once again, exercise is a great antidote for depression. It creates uh, an energy boost, an increase in uh, dopamine circulation and uh, in our synapses. And it's just great for our physical health, right? So for me, this includes yoga, going for outdoor walks, doing push-ups, doing some stair walking, playing ping pong. You know, 
it's really important that I, at least three to four times per week, engage in a, you know, a 10 to 15 minute yoga practice. And so I think, you know, if I'm to do this uh, every Friday and just kind of review my action items, is, you know, I haven't done any yoga, so I guess I'm going to have to do something about that. Number eight, have I done my morning recitations? You know, the serenity prayer, the meta prayer, I've included in the show notes a link for that. Um, or um, just mindfulness uh, daily practice, the idea of just being mindful about emptying my mind from its ruminating thoughts, breathing in, and then telling myself, you know, I'm aware I'm breathing in, breathing out, telling myself I'm aware that I'm breathing out. Action item number nine, have I directed energy to a learning project or a leisure project? I often will also call them learning quests. Now, these projects, for me, fill my life with meaning. Uh, the, the one learning project that I'm actually invested in right now is the idea of the self-care, self-assessment. That's a, that's a learning project for wellness. So for me, they include, because I have my extended family in France, my in-laws, they speak French, so going on Duolingo and practicing my French, that's an important learning project for me. Uh, Have I been working on uh, the creation of a new podcast episode? So this action item uh, for self-care feels a really important need for me to give back to my community. So Eric Erickson's uh, psycho stages of development in terms of lifespan theory that he's offered talks about a stage in life where someone arrives at a point where they're struggling with generativity versus despair. Now, imagine that, you know, you're 50. We've talked about the happiness curve. This is a point when when you're 50, um, you might be struggling with a lack of generativity, the idea of giving back and you're during COVID and, you know, biologically you're primed for a, a downward spiral in terms of uh, more discontent. And so, yeah, that's a tough place to be. So the idea of my podcast allows me to stand up to uh, the need of, of feeling like I'm, I'm not valuable. And, and make a contribution to, to my community uh, and, and to do it in a way uh, t- so I can meaningfully give back because I've been blessed. I've, I've been so blessed in terms of the people that have uh, loved and supported me through my difficult life trials. Lastly, number 10, uh, and, and once again, this is just a personalized list for me. This is by no means a suggestion that uh, it's um, something that should work for other people. Hopefully some of the things that I shared might give some uh, ideas, spark some thoughts about what other people might want to put on theirs. But, uh, you know, have I expressed my love for those that are most dearest and nearest to me? You know, have I, through words of affection, have I, through acts of kindness, have I really connected on a daily and and weekly but more so a daily basis with those that are really important to me the the ones that I love have I hugged them you know am I getting my 12 hugs a day as uh, Tal Ben Shahar would say which is important for um, his formula for happiness have I truly looked at and listened to them like have have I just taken in uh, their presence with me 
to stand up to the possibility of just taking things for granted. So this is my list. Uh, and, I, and I think that once we have that list, it provides an opportunity for us to reflect and to, to notice if because uh, we're getting busy, if there's any red flags or if there's been a significant drift from uh, these action items that are essential for self-care. And if so, then perhaps we need to set aside time to write a self-care prescription for ourselves so that we can get back on track. In my show notes, there is a article, a link about how to write a prescription for self-care. It's pretty comprehensive. It has a lot of thoughts and ideas in there. I really encourage you to check that out. So the starting point for listeners probably, quite possibly, might actually be uh, with the self-care prescription. Because uh, while we know things, all too often I think the things that are most essential, we kind of put on the back burner and we just take uh, for granted that we might be able to get back to it at a certain point after we get all this other stuff done. And then we find like, you know, hours, days, weeks, perhaps months have passed since we've really engaged in uh, the things that are most meaningful and most important to us. And once the self-care, self-prescription could be once again, creating that self-care, self-assessment, right? And when we're doing these things, it's not about the idea of self-care, it's it's misleading because it, it kind of suggests it's stuff that we're doing with ourselves, for ourselves. But I've included this idea of interbeing wellness, interbeing scaffolding, right? And we need to communicate with others, with our partners, with our um, family, with our children about the things that we're doing. Because by doing that, we uh, have that accountability that I, I talked about earlier. But we also get a buy-in. Because, you know, if I'm taking care of myself and that's good for me, and the other people that I'm connected with, then it's an, an indication and a message to them that because I'm taking my self-care seriously, uh, I would invite them to take their self-care seriously as well. And, you know, what's good for me and good for those that I love is also good for the community of souls around me. And so now that's my invitation and my message that by taking care of myself, uh, I, I think that there could be a benefit for you, the listener, to take care of yourself as well and to reflect upon the different action items that you might put in your self-care, self-assessment and the things that you might need to do to create a interbeing scaffolding with others so that when you take care of yourself, you're sending a message that it's okay for them to take care of themselves and collectively we're doing something that allows each and every one of us to grow and to become our fully self-actualized, transcendent selves. Lots of articles, different resources, different links in the show notes. I hope that uh, you're able to check some of them out. Some of the articles, also, if you explore them, have links within them that will bring you to other self-care wellness resources. For instance, this article, When Feeling Lonely and Unhappy, veers into depression. So that gets back to the quote that I started with, with Siddhartha, where if we're not careful, slowly we become off track and we drift so far 
without realizing it that we have a long way to go to get back on track. So this article, when feeling lonely and happy veers into depression, challenge of these uh, pandemic holidays. Uh, there's a link on there for two really interesting resources, I think, that are uh, funded. Um, they have been uh, provincial and, and federal projects in terms of, um, you know, different government domains. And I'm just trying to scroll down to see if I can find the name of some of those links. They are in the article, and if I can't find the particular reference, I just encourage you to uh, check out the link yourself. There is a video, COVID-19, How to Cope with Sadness and Stress Over the Holidays. And within the body of this article, there are a couple of links that you can uh, click on and find some further support. One is called Bounce Back, and the other is Wellness Together Canada. So I encourage you to check them out. So thank you for joining me for another Tip the Iceberg conversation. This time we've been exploring self-care, self-care assessments, and interbeing scaffolding. I hope that maybe you might get a chance to think about the benefit of creating a self-care self-assessment for yourself or first jumping into and creating for yourself a self-care prescription. This has been uh, a really important uh, episode for me in terms of creating and compiling the resources because I'm stepping into a 28-day lockdown. And so for those of you who are joining me in that, um, we're, we're going to go through this together and hopefully some of the resources I shared uh, might find a home in your mindfulness toolbox or your happiness toolbox. So peace, take care, be well, and share.